Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Thank you so much for joining me in the less crazy, um, way less crazy than I at least thought it would be around this time this week when I was thinking about this week last week. Speaking of last week, if you guys missed last week's episode, Too Close to Call, um, I really came off the heart with that one, just off the cuff, off the top of my head, off the top of my heart, and discussed what's going on with the election, you know, what happened after that, why I needed to take a break, why it was not a good idea to watch the election results. Um, that evening, (laughs) not a good idea at all. Um, and yeah, if you guys want to go back and listen to that in its full capacity, please feel free. Um, and yeah, that was last week's episode this week, you know, a little different vibe around reclaimed headquarters, a little different vibe. No, I have not had the baby yet. (laughs) So for everyone who's about to ask, she ain't here yet. That being said, thank you guys so much for checking in on me. Thank you so much for checking in and making sure that I'm all right, um, that we are all right. And thank you so much to everybody who has been like donating to our our digital um, diaper fund. Like you guys are really like, you guys are really doing that. Like that's like a thing that you guys were doing. Like someone asked me to put up my cash app one week and Every week I look up, here you guys come. So I appreciate you guys very, very much. Like, you really don't have to do that. But, like, I really, really appreciate you guys. And so will Nugget when she gets here and has plenty, plenteous, plenteous diapers to cover her little behind and keep our home nice and tidy and clean and and sanitary. Um, Because baby poop everywhere is no fun. Uh, But you didn't call to I'm called, Jesus. (laughs) You didn't come here to listen to me talk about baby poop. At least not yet. Not yet. But I'm not talking about baby poop today. Um, there's a lot going on. <laughs> and a lot of it is very, very dumb. I'm just going to flat out say it. A lot of this is very stupid. All the stuff I'm about to bring up is really, really stupid for one reason or another. Um, so if you cannot tolerate really dumb things, <laughs> I am sorry, this episode will not be for you. But if you like to laugh and you like to find humor in a lot of things and you like to poke fun at awfulness that we keep seeing, just stick around. Um, otherwise, yeah, let's dive into the show. Let's start with the church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. All right, time for some church announcements. Like I said, this is going to be a lot of foolery. Um, but I hope you find humor as much humor in a lot of these things as I did. 
So, yes, let me start off by saying this. Now, this is not the humorous or foolish part. A hearty, healthy, massive, huge congratulations to one Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Oh, and uh, President-elect Joe Biden. (laughs) In that order. Um, Yes, congratulations to the Biden-Harris ticket. Congratulations to the Biden-Harris team. Congratulations to the Biden-Harris families. Congratulations, United States. Y'all actually did something pretty astounding, which is after the last four years of bludgeoning, one could only deeply hope and then y'all pulled it out barely barely I will say this barely pulled it out but y'all pulled it out and um I am very very happy um at this moment the vote has been called uh president-elect Biden has been declared the winner of the 2020 election and it has a certain individual of ours, um, <clears throat> the perpetual uh, uh, antagonist, uh, current President Trump, licking his wounds and not handling this gracefully at all. Not that any of us thought he would, but not handling it gracefully. Now, to be fair, Hillary Clinton um, told us in the very beginning when she ran against him in 2016, that this is the type of person that he is, that he will not lose well, like he does not lose well. Um, And, you know, when he was up on the stage during a debate with her, when she was wearing her, like, I just remember she was in this beautiful white suit. Um, And so they were debating and he was flat out asked, if this, if you were to lose this election, would you accept the results and he could not answer the question so like all the questions that we saw in the debate and he said at the end he said I will keep you in suspense that's not an answer you want from your president okay that's not even that's not an answer you want from any professional in fact no 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 no. it's a yes or no question will you accept the results or not I will keep you in suspense is not is not the answer it's a yes or no. It is an answer. And it gives us, the American people, insight into who you are. And I wish more people had seen that. Beside the point. So, fast forwarding to 2020. Um, he's become like this ex that won't leave you alone. Like he won't. He, instead of, you know, just going ahead and conceding and saying, you know what? All right. We lost. Okay. Even though he's also talking about running in 2024, which I don't understand how you don't concede and talk about running in 2024. Like we have presidential term. Presidents can be presidents in this country twice, two times. That's the way that works. Two times. So if you thought that you had technically won this, why are you talking about 2024? Just another thought for another day. Um, but yes, he's like that ex that will not leave us alone. He has launched his legal team into a bunch of, and I hate to just flat out just say this, but really baseless, useless, 
massive wastes of time uh, lawsuits in various states claiming huge amounts of voter fraud and all sorts of like tampering and crazy, crazy craziness. Just a lot of craziness that he's claiming. Now, (laughs) as a person who has been paying attention for, you know, just a few mere minutes, especially around the Republican Party, you got one has to, and I, I tweeted this earlier this week. I said, imagine gutting the Voting Rights Act, removing voting machines, which cause hours long waits while voting, destabilizing the post office, removing mailboxes, engaging in crazy amounts of gerrymandering, um, and passing and pushing voter ID laws, and then saying that you've been cheated. Like, voter suppression to the max. I believe in Harris County, um, in Texas, they had like one vote machine, something like one vote machine uh, for like 20 million people during a global pandemic. It's like you want people to vote, right? Or you don't. You either want them to vote or you don't. And it kept being consistently certain individuals. And I said this a few shows back. I pointed out in California that the Republican Party in California had put out or distributed fake voter boxes. Um, not cool. You know, uh, Postmaster DeJoy was removing mailboxes for mail, you know, to reduce mail-in ballots. Now, he won't say that, but we knew it was exactly right around the time. The problem is that the Trump administration is like a bunch of bad villains. They show their hand before they make their play. And so we we saw this coming down the pipe and we're like, "Mm, this is going to be voter suppression. We can call this out. Your boy got called into like Senate meeting after Senate meeting. I'm talking about uh, Postmaster DeJoy. I believe he's still in some hot water about this whole situation. Um, he withheld a bunch of ballots here in Pennsylvania. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. It was a whole lot. And imagine doing all that and still losing and then thinking that you've been cheated. Mm. Meanwhile, election officials in dozens of states... From both parties, according to the New York Times, claim there has been no evidence of voter fraud. (laughs) Zero. There has been zero evidence. There is none. Both parties say it. Ain't none. There's no voter fraud. No one out here is cheating. Except for you. (laughs) Nobody. Which brings us to the Four Seasons. No, not the Four Seasons here in Philadelphia. Beautiful hotel. Um, I actually still have a gift card for the Four Seasons. I need to go after Nugget is born and take myself on over. Maybe get, wow, you can't get a socially distanced massage. You get the point. Um, So Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, claimed without any evidence, any evidence at all, um, when he came here, here being Philadelphia, that the election, again, has been rife with fraud, um, did this big dramatic thing, like when asked about it, why the president hasn't accepted the election being called and Rudy himself, he said, well, why would, why would he accept it 
if it hasn't been called and you know who called it and the reporter responded well the all the outlets called it and he goes all the outlets he does this big dramatic thing where he raises his arms to the sky this big dramatic cringy moment for people who can't stand awkward don't watch it um as a person who can't stand awkward it was painful to watch and I'm looking I'm like dude this is unnecessary and completely completely unprofessional but so is your whole career because you're sitting here with a baseless claim you have nothing there is you don't have a shred of paper an ounce of evidence or anything and and I don't care who was sitting in Laura Ingram's seat on Fox News the other day with the blackout screen claiming um voter fraud but until you have tangible evidence y'all are going to get yourselves in more trouble than anything else and the Biden-Harris campaign will continue on while you guys are getting in trouble. And don't you think for a one second, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Don't you think for one second that on January 20th, <laughs> certain individuals will be dragged from the property of the White House. Don't you think for a second that it won't happen? Because if it does, let me tell you. I've never been a person to actually enjoy other people's misery, but that would be funny. I'm just going to go out ahead and say it. I'm just going to go right ahead and say it. That would be hilarious. And I'm sorry. I'm a petty person, apparently. So back to Rudy Giuliani, who apparently is in a little bit of hot water due to a scene um, that is in the new Borat film that no, I haven't heard really anyone talk about, um, an uncomfortable scene where he could potentially, like, it's really uncomfortable. It's really icky. If you guys know, you know, I don't want to talk about it on the show, but it's a really icky, uncomfortable scene with a minor. That's all I'm going to say. If you know what you know, you know, <laughs> okay. Um, and I haven't heard anybody really talk about it. Um, if you don't know, go ahead and Google it. Um, but I wouldn't trust anything coming out of Rudy Rudy Giuliani's, uh, picket fence of a mouth. Um, but what's funny, (laughs) what's actually funny is that they were supposed to have that press conference, uh, Giuliani's press conference at the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. Beautiful hotel, like I said. Instead... It was held at the Four Seasons Landscaping, um, which is apparently between a a uh, a sex shop and a crematorium. Interesting. So, I mean, but the funny part, I mean, that's still very, very funny. And they put up a whole backsplash of Trump stuff and tried to make it look official and all stuff, other stuff like that. But I personally think it's just another metaphor for this camp, for his whole campaign, for everything that he is. This is why his casinos fail. This is why his businesses fail. This is why the school that he wanted to found failed. Details, details, everything is in the details. You thought that booking the Four Seasons landscaping would be the same as booking the Four Seasons Hotel in Center City, Philadelphia? Yeah, no, totally different. But I like the Four Seasons landscaping. I like their thinking because on Sunday night, 
Four Seasons Total Landscaping rolled out a line of t-shirts, hoodies, and stickers that's <laughs> with funny slogans that say lawn and order. Basically making fun of the entire Trump situation. On Monday, they started selling face masks too. By Tuesday, they were completely sold out. So good on you, Four Seasons, for uh, <clears throat> that quick pivot. That was very, very smart. Uh, on to more Trump news. Only President Trump will try to fight a non-existent fraud by committing one. So according to Reuters, quote, Reuters reports, any small, so he has this campaign, before I get into the quote, he has this campaign to help fight against the Biden left evil blue being mean and not letting me steal this election situation, right? Um, but in the fine print, if you donate to that campaign, any small dollar amount from Trump's grassroots donors won't be going to the legal expenses at all. According to the Reuters team, um, review team of the legal language of solicitations, the donor would have to give more than $8,000 before any money goes to the, quote, recount account established to the finance election election challenges, which recounts and lawsuits over alleged improprieties and fundraising disclosures show. So basically, the long and the short, he has a recount account where you can donate if you feel so led to, which I hope you don't, um, to try to keep these law these lawsuits and these uh, these allegations going um to inc- further encourage states to continue to recount the votes right even though even though at some point they didn't want us to even ca- they wanted to stop the vote they wanted to stop the count but I'll get into that in a second so according to this account in a small tiny print Unless you give $8,000 or more, your money is not going to the recount account. No, it's going to directly to President Trump or to other Republican um, fundraisers. So if you donate $7,999, all of that is not going, none of that is going to, in fact, going to the legal recount situation. That's fraud. <laughs> that's fraud like that's not that's not cool oh yo it it uh like i said only trump could try to fight a non-existent fraud by committing a real one all right off of trump well sort of let's talk about mississippi let me tell you something about mississippi i actually ended up losing a very precious friendship of mine over mississippi the state of mississippi so i have a personal beef with the state of mississippi let me tell you a story so maybe two three years ago i shared on my instagram story about mississippi and a bunch of other states was a handful of other states one of them being Mississippi, that Martin Luther King Day was on the same day as Robert E. Lee Day. Like both of those were celebrated at the same time. And I couldn't believe it. So I went 
to their website. I went to their state website. I went to Mississippi, I believe, .gov or something like that. Went to the state website, whatever the state website is. Come to find out it's true (laughs) that they celebrate Robert E. Lee with Martin Luther King. Why is that bad? Well, Robert E. Lee was, I believe, the Confederate general who fought to keep black people enslaved. Enslaved. I know people want to say, oh, no, the, 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 the Civil War was about state rights. State rights to what? State rights to what? Answer that for me. State rights to own human beings. Exactly. So, Robert E. Lee gets no respect over here, okay? Martin Luther, and the fact that it's, that it, it's juxtaposed, juxtaposed is what the word I'm trying to say, juxtaposed, with Martin Luther King Day, a day that should be marked with honor and civility and kindness and respect. You know, you have a man who is literally marching for the rights of fellow human beings, fellow human beings next to a man who would who would put many men and women's lives at risk just to own human beings and so I put it up on my Instagram story that this was happening in a handful of states right didn't single out Mississippi in particular I just put it up so a particular friend of mine messaged me She happens to be from Mississippi and she said, you know, I would appreciate if you took this down. This is really inflammatory against the state. This makes the state look bad, blah, blah, blah. Now, mind you, Mississippi is not the only state I talked about. But even if it was, it's not wrong. (laughs) I wasn't lying. I wasn't making it up. And I told her I wasn't going to take it down, even though Instagram stories technically only last for 24 hours. So it would be gone probably by next time you even looked at my page. But I told her I wasn't going to take it down because this seemed ridiculous. Like, if you're mad at this, this equation, look at your state, not me. I'm not making this up. I'm not lying. And I'm not saying anything inflammatory about the state. That's not true. Right? So she gets mad, she gets on her fifis, and then we don't speak for two years. That's how exactly how it went. <laughs> now, to be fair, she did make some efforts, but to be honest, like, I don't, I'm the type of person that, like, I, I, don't, I can only go so far with a person, and if you get mad, mad, not pissed off, not peeved, not irritated. You got so mad at me that you stopped. You you did the the equivalent of storming off away from me, and um, the phone equivalent of that, <laughs> storming off away from me and doing this big dramatic thing or whatever <laughs> over something that would be gone in less than like ten hours at that point. If you're willing to do that, I don't want. I don't want you in my life. I just don't. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Um, to be fair, she did try to reach out several times. and But by then I was just like done. I'm like, I'm one of those weirdos that when I'm done, I'm done. And it's like no disrespect, no hate, no trying to be mean, no wishing you harm. Like I don't wish anyone harm. 
I just know that in my circle, I don't want this, (laughs) you know? So if I don't want this in my circle, I wouldn't bring it back either. Like, I'm a very low maintenance friend. Very little drama. Can't really, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like awkward. I don't like drama. I don't like unnecessary crap. I don't like passive aggression. I'm very forthright. Let's just talk about it. Let's, Let's hammer this out. Let's get this out of the way. Let's move on. Okay, you can feel as passionately about you what you feel passionately about as I do. And I'll respect you for it. And can guess what? We get over it and we move on. Or we don't. And that has just been my MO as an adult. So I have a beef with Mississippi because she was a lovely friend and we enjoyed several great years. And I kind of wish I never saw that side of her. Um but, you know, protect your peace or whatever. So Mississippi's uh, rep- uh, representative Price Wallace, after he found out that the race had been called for Biden, quickly ran his Twitter fingers straight to Twitter to say, and I quote, we need to succeed S-U-C-C-E-E-D from the union and form our own country. What's the problem in that sentence outside of the fact that <laughs> they, a, a lot of things that I'm about to bring up. First of all, the whole thing is wrong. First of all, the whole thing's wrong. This is a, this is a representative, meaning that Mississippi elected this person. They thought that this person, they said, you, you're good enough. Go ahead on up. He said, succeed y'all, not secede, not secede. <laughs> Secede, spelled S-E-C-E-D-E, secede, as in to leave, to abdicate, to remove oneself as an organization from a piece of an organization or country. Not succeed, (laughs) S-U-C-C-E-E-D. Ah, you actually said that? First of all, Spell check is a thing. Like, make sure you, like, that's a thing. It's on all of our devices. We can all make sure that we're actually using grammatically and dictionary correct terms. That's the first thing. The second, even if you were to secede from the union, you are the 46th in education, obviously, the 48th in, in the economy, and the 50th in healthcare. What the hell are you going to do? Become one of the asshole countries that Trump is talking about? And I, like I said, I don't, have a, I don't have a gripe with the people of Mississippi. I have a gripe with people like this in Mississippi. This guy right here, Price Wallace. What you going to do? What are y'all going to do? You're, the, you're the, one of the most... <laughs> you're one of the most governmental, like, dependent states... What are you going to do when you secede? Where are you going to get money from? What are y'all going to do? Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. You're just going to make a bunch of noise on Twitter like you're doing right here. It's unbelievable. (sighs) Stupid things on the internet. Speaking of more stupid things on the internet. um, Jeffrey Tubin is not having a good day. So Jeffrey Tubin, if you guys do not know, was fired... Um, was the star 
journalist in the New Yorker magazine. He has been since suspended from his position because he's he exposed himself during a Zoom call with employees um, of the magazine and with WNYC Radio. Apparently, they were on a call to discuss a future episode of the podcast that the New Yorker and the public radio station were going to produce together. During breakout sessions on Zoom, you know how you, sometimes you have those breakout rooms, Tubin switched to a second call that he thought was a video equivalent of phone sex. During the, in the middle of the call, like, dude, what? You can what? There is no itch, and I'm calling it an itch for a reason, that can't be scratched during a call. Like, you, you can scratch that itch after the call. You can scratch that itch as much as you want after the call. Why are you on Zoom doing this, Jeffrey? Like, dude, dude, dude. Like, has to be humiliating, has to be embarrassing, cannot imagine what he must be feeling, but he's been taking it very maturely. He has put out numerous statements that apologize for his behavior. He apologized to his wife. He thought he was off camera. Um, he apologized to his friends and family and coworkers. He tweeted today after he was suspended that he wished all of his uh, colleagues at the New Yorker well, and he looks forward to reading um, the New Yorker in the future to show his support. Really, really mature. It's really, it's just an unfortunate situation. I don't know if it was intentional or not. Um, after the investigation, it it looks like it wasn't. Um, but some people are very up in arms, given, you know, a lot of the progress that we made with the whole Me Too situation and how, you know, certain men in power, that's what they do. Um, Tubin claims that it's an accident, but I would like to note that I'm a little uncomfortable with anyone who, even after that, (laughs) even after that experience would still be extremely willing to come back to work. (laughs) I am wary as hell. I would have just quit. Like, yeah, you know what? No, we gotta go ahead and let this go. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry I made a mistake. I don't need to be here. I'm out. So, um... Best of luck to everybody in that situation, because that's that's sticky and icky, and I don't like it. Speaking of sticky and icky, and I don't like it, Eva Longoria. Let me say this before I start. I wasn't going to talk about Eva Longoria. I wasn't going to mention Eva Longoria until I woke up one morning and had numerous, numerous DMs, messages and texts about this this Eva Longoria situation. I wasn't going to talk about it mostly because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Not because of, hear me out, not because of what she said. Hear me out. Just listen to me. If anyone goes hard for black women, it is I. I am in that camp. Being a black woman, I'm about to give birth to a black woman, raised by black women, surrounded by black women, like uplifted and upheld by black women. If anyone loves black women, it's me. Okay. So for those who are unaware of what happened, Longoria appeared on MSNBC's Sunday show talking about 
the presidential election and how important women of color were um, to President-elect Joe Biden's victory. And she said, quote, women of color have showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw in Georgia what black women have have done. But the real sorry, what she said was, but Latina women were the real heroines here, beating out men in a turnout in every state by voting Biden-Harris at an average rate of close to three to one. And that was not surprising to us. And then she goes on this whole diatribe about Latinas and what they do and all this other stuff like that. Now, this is not an attack on Eva Longoria. And this is not an attack on Latinas. So let's just preface this before anyone gets in their feelings. This is not an attack on Eva Longoria. And this is not an attack on Latinas. Okay? Hear me out. When you say certain words, they carry a certain meaning. And when words are grouped in certain sentences and phrases, those sentences and phrases carry vastly different meanings than others, right? Eva didn't mean, according to her numerous apologies, um, because she's gone back and tried to fix this and gone on people's shows and whatnot. And I respect the hustle. But she has gone back to say that she did not mean to disparage, reduce, uh, diminish the efforts of black women in any way, shape, or form. That she merely wanted to highlight what Latinos women were doing. And that's totally understandable. Like, that's your people. Like, I get it. Like, be hype. Like, y'all did the damn thing. Like, that's cool. Like, if you're excited for your people, I'm excited for your people. Like, that's dope, right? But when you group certain words a certain way, they carry a certain meaning. And so when you say, quote, of course you saw in Georgia what black women have done, but... But reduces everything that came before it. You get what I'm saying? That's like saying, I'm not racist, but. That means you're racist. <laughs> it means whatever you say afterwards is racist. <laughs> Unless you say, but I want to learn way, way more to ensure that I'm not racist. <laughs> and then in that case, that's the wrong conjunction. You should probably say and. So that's what I was going to say for Eva. <clears throat> listen to how different this, sound, this, this sounds. Then yes, we're having a grammar lesson. Um, of course, you saw what happened in Georgia with uh, with what black women had done. And let's talk about Latina women. Um, there you go. Completely different sentence, completely different phrase, right? We saw, of course, you saw what happened in Georgia. It was massive. It was huge. Of course, you saw that. Let's also discuss the efforts of Latina women. Beating out men three to one. Da, da, da. You see how it doesn't reduce? Or or since we're talking about women of color, shout out to black women. Y'all did great. Hey, let me talk about Latina women. Or, you know, I don't even have to bring up black women. <laughs> we're talking about women of color. We could just dive right on in. Right? I just, I see what she was saying and I see how it got misconstrued. I see why. I see why it was a problem. I see why people got upset. I see why I got all these messages. 
And, and and it was interesting because the discussion was not just around what Eva was saying. It was around that phrase, women of color. And so that's why I posted what I posted on Instagram talking about women of color. I'm like, this is not an attack on Eva Longoria. I see how she could, how what she said could have been misconstrued. But basically, basically, I get the gist of what she's saying. I want to talk about this women of color phrase. That's what I want to talk about. And that's what I did talk about on the post. I talked about how a lot of times black women get lumped into women of color and then suddenly all of the boats suddenly rise because of the shift in the tide, because of the work, the tireless work that black women have done. Meanwhile, in almost, almost, I'm not going to say all, but in almost all POC um, cultures, there's some form of anti-blackness. And that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big problem. That so many people benefit off of our hard work, our hustle, and our drive. But they also have, they also carry with them a form of, of anti-blackness. That's a problem. That's a big problem especially because we keep getting lumped together it's like we're all in this big group project but the black women do like most of the work and I'm not saying all I'm not saying all because like I said there has been numerous numerous efforts made by various organizations and 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 ethnicities and groups um, outside of black women I would be remiss if I acted like only black women did stuff. But black women did a lot, especially for this campaign. A whole red state is flipping, flipping to blue. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? And then let's not let's not forget about all of the first time um, black women entering entering um, governmental governmental seats. You know, I'm looking at Cori Bush, you know, I'm thinking about so many other women that are entering these seats. Um, Madam friggin' vice president. Hello. Hello. Like, come on, y'all. Don't act like we don't do the, the hard work, the legwork. And I said this in my post. I said it that from reconstruction to civil rights, to the feminist movements, to even me too. Like y'all remember there was all that, y'all remember when there was all that kerfuffle about, you know, the me too movement because Alyssa Milano tweeted that if you've suffered uh, sexual abuse um, to use the hashtag me too. And then everybody was like, hey, hi. Hey, hi, Tarana Burke is a person. <laughs> Tarana Burke is a person. Tarana Burke is a black woman who's been using hashtag me too and talking about me too forever. Now, I don't think that Alyssa Milano even was aware of this. So I'm going to definitely give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, but Tarana Burke is a person and we need to talk about Tarana Burke. And she needs to be given her flowers because she's been doing this work and talking about sexual assault and talking about me too, particularly hashtag me too. Um, but even after that, like we got written out of the entire dialogue and it became centered on white women, very centered on white women. When in truth, hashtag me too was supposed to be a human experience because 
because sexual assault is not restricted to just women. Unfortunately, it's a very human experience. Men and even worse, children experience it. Children. So it was never even meant to be a feminist thing. It was never meant, especially not a rich white feminist thing, which is what it's become. And that is hella frustrating. And I said this, I said this, I was like, in, even in Black Lives Matter, you know, you had three women found Black Lives Matter. And yet a lot of our efforts go to protecting and shouting the names of and promoting the, the, the efforts of black men. But when it comes to violence against black women, it becomes, suddenly becomes a women's issue. And that's something we have to deal with in the black community, that black maternal health is not just a women's issue because that's whole families that get affected, you know? Just like with black male health, like we're not saying, oh, that's just a black man's thing. No, it's usually the wives and the girlfriends say, hey, you got a problem. You need to drag your ass to the doctor. <laughs> that becomes a communal issue real quick. Real quick, let bruh is sick. So, and I talk about that, how black women have been the workhorses of, of American society since forever, since its inception. And so it's odd, it's strange, it's, a, it's annoying, it's frustrating how everyone else gets a passing grade or better because of the work that we did on this, on this project and gets to like hop in. So Eva Longoria, you got to be careful with your words because those things mean things. And by saying, but the real heroes here instantly diminishes everything you said before that and she's apologized like she said she did say it but she apologized you guys I think we need to give her a little bit of grace I think a lot of people are still hurt because of like the whole Gina Rodriguez situation and how unapologetically anti-black she seems with a lot of her stuff and several others, and people are still iffy and itchy about the whole J-Lo thing with her talking about she's a little negrita, and we're still trying to figure that situation out because um, we'd be like, since when? Since when? Um, and, yeah, we need to talk about it all, to be honest. Um, so I want to give Eva Longoria a bit of a break, you guys. Like, yes, words mean things. She did she didn't mean what she like, and I'm no Eva Longoria fan. Let me just say it. Like I don't I couldn't name anything that she's been in. Like Hitch? She she was in Hitch. Was she in Hitch? Don't quote me on that. I did I'm I'm a, I'm an elderly woman. Um but yeah. I, it's not me being a fan. It's me seeing the semantics and being like, mm this was worded poorly and you're going to have regrets. <laughs> so I don't know, but I will, I will always cape up for the whole situation about the women of color. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that mess. Like don't have anti-blackness and then benefit when the ones who show up, the ones who are loudest, the ones who march and rally and protest and 
um, come to the defense of, come to the aid of, donate, give, um, fill the seats of, you know, don't, don't do us like that. Okay. Black women deserve our flowers. Hand them over. Thank you very much. Uh, oh boy. Okay. So Kiki Palmer, baby. I usually don't, I don't have her have to talk to you. I don't usually have to talk to Kiki because she usually has her head on straight. So this one was weird. This was less dumb and more weird. Like this was just, again, poor semantics, poor semantics. So Kiki found herself in a a mess, a mess this weekend. Um, after she she had some responses to uh she had some responses to a whole situation that she posed to the president uh, vice president elect Kamala Harris she initially posed the question she said imagine if your EBT card could only work on healthy items um yeah she tweeted that Um, there's a lot of icky things about this statement. And after, after reading some of the things that, to be fair, she did double down. She continued to double down and double down and double down and double down instead of apologizing. I'm sorry. I completely screwed this up. What I meant to say was, boom. An apology is not, I'm sorry, you feel that way. That's not an apology, so don't say sorry. (laughs) Just don't even say it, because that's not an apology. You don't mean that, okay? That's the first thing. Second thing, don't double down. If you make a mistake, you're a fallible human being, and it's likely, lively to happen. We all make mistakes. It's okay, baby, but don't double down on that mess. Please just go ahead and just, mm, mm, just, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. I did not intend for that to happen. Here's what I meant to say. Or here's a better way to say what I intended to say. If that makes sense. So Kiki said, imagine if your EBT card could only work on healthy items. After reading through what she was saying and considering what she's saying, I... I, I'm actually in agreement. So here's, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. No, I don't think that the EBT card should only work for quote unquote healthy items because what's healthy to one person is not going to be healthy to another person. Okay. There's whole allergens and dangerous things that people simply cannot eat, but is deemed healthy, you know, um, like all sorts of stuff. So that's the first thing. The second thing, sis, Basically, what she was trying to say is that being healthy is expensive. Being healthy, and it's not in this. It's not in this tweet. It's later on. You have to like do your work to get to where she where she is. And I kind of wish she would have just said this outright. Yeah, I kind of wish she would have just tweeted this. What I'm about to say outright, but her whole thing was. Eating healthy is expensive and it shouldn't be. She said that because she has a life where she can afford healthy, 
quote unquote healthy items and nutrition, nutritionist food, nutritious is what I'm trying to say, nutritious food, um, that that comes at a price, that that's very, very expensive and it's more like a luxury than it is a necessity and it should be seen as a necessity. Like what if your your EBT card not only could work for healthy food, but that like you wouldn't be penalized for purchasing it. Almost like you're getting the nutritious food for free. That way more people would have access to it and more people would purchase it. And more um, people would have, would be able to eat nutritious items that they're, you know, aren't allergic to and stuff. And I thought that was a really good idea. I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. Like, make nutrition, make nutritious items easily acceptable. Why can't we do that? Like, that's actually a good thing. The problem is she worded it so badly. Like, imagine it, like, it it reeks of entitlement. And I know that she didn't mean it in that way. Well, I hope that she didn't mean it in that way. Um, From how she defended herself, it seems like she didn't mean it that way. Um, Then she went ahead and just deleted the whole situation. But I'm, I'm... I'm just confused. Like, I'm confused as to why you felt the need to take to the internet with this when you didn't have a fully formulated thought. You get what I'm saying? Like, this was not fully formulated. And, you know, she usually, like I said, she usually does better. She usually does way better. Um, yeah, and not to mention that government assistance is a regular, regular and annoying irritating talking point of conservatives despite the fact that the major receivers of a lot of this government aid is white women whom 55% voted for Trump so um just wanted to roll that ball down the alley real quick um and a lot of people kept saying that you know as a response um, that you, you know, you, that's kind of like an icky point. Like, where are you going with this? Why are you saying this? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, so yeah, that was really dumb. She shouldn't have said that. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week for all of these stupid things that I heard on the internet. I was going to go into a full talk about Kamala Harris, um, particularly a piece I wrote for Medium um, called Who Gets to Decide Who's Black? Because that was a discussion and I thought that was very stupid as well. I was going to go into a full conversation about that, but nope. I'll just give you guys the link and you can read it yourself because... I think this is a ridiculous and asinine conversation. She literally has a black father. She has a black father. Jamaican is black, you guys. And I'm not talking about the things that people deem as performative, like her going to an HBCU or her, you know, dating black men in the past or her being an AKA, the things that could be quote unquote deemed as performative. 
First of all, I don't deem them as performative at all. Those are pieces of her life. She didn't know she was going to run for vice president when she was pledging for AKA. She didn't know that when she was filling out her HBCU um, paperwork. She didn't know that. She did not know that. When she was marching on Howard, she did not. Maybe she thought about it. Maybe she was hopeful about it. But she didn't know that. And so I want y'all to be really, really careful. Especially people who want to go ahead and try to define this woman. When she has already defined herself, she is more than capable. More than articulate. More than brilliant. To be able to tell you that her mother was South South Asian... And her father, South, yeah, Southeastern Asian. I hope you know what I'm trying to say, y'all. Oh, and her father was black from Jamaica. I don't get what's the problem. That's pretty, pretty clear. Like that's, and she identifies as both of those. And I don't see the problem with it. I don't see the problem with it at all. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Y'all are weird. Basically, to say that she's not black or she's not black enough. Like, who are you to decide? Who are you to get to pick someone else's? And I guess this could be my wrap up rant. But who are you to get to choose someone else's identity? Especially when they're perfectly capable of doing so themselves. When they have, they they know who they are, you know? It's not like some random girl. It's not like a, a Jessica Krug or um, a Rachel Dolezal. Like, she for real, for real, a black woman. She for real, for real, an Asian woman. And that's fine. And y'all need to go ahead and deal with that. Okay? If you don't like her, just say you don't like her. Okay? Because you could talk about her policies. You could talk about her politics. You could talk about, you can critique all of that. When it comes, we're not, what we're not going to do is do this whole, you're not performing black enough for us nonsense. So like I said, I will tag that in the description, um, in the description box and you can read it yourself. Um, cause I, we, it's a, it's a worthy discussion. It's not a discussion I want to have this, this, this podcast, maybe next podcast. Um, so y'all tell me what you think and I'll be reading what you guys say. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Thank you so much for every person who is choosing to be a patron on my Patreon. If you feel like you want to be part of that, um, that community that gets exclusive drops, free merch, all kinds of stuff like that, then you need to head your tail on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Whitney Elise. Um, I will have that link in the description box, but I just like to say it P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Whitney Elise. And I look forward to your patronage. And I have various levels, like it's not just one level of patronage. You you choose your level, you choose your adventure. Um, thank you guys so much. Like I really, really appreciate you guys tuning back in. Um, I appreciate you guys being so supportive. I thank you for leaving the reviews, for sharing, for talking back to me, for letting me know what you think. Um, and, and this is actually an important episode because this is our 101st episode of the Reclaimed Podcast. 100 
and one. So, wow. Like, that's that's pretty amazing. So, yay us. We did good. Thank you guys so much. I, like, I adore you guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. And as always, peace, y'all.